Let's dive in tonight. Okay, so this is what I want to do tonight. I want to break tonight up into three sections. Three sections of the night. We first, we're going to have celebration. Who's all about some celebration in the house? Yes. Then, we're going to talk a little vision. We're going to talk a little vision. And then, we're, then I'm going to give you guys a challenge. That's, that's kind of how the night's going to break down, so you can kind of track along as we go. So we're going to start out with celebration. Now, what do we have to celebrate? Well, we just ended 2014, and we're coming into 2015. I want to share with you a little bit about what we went through, what we did in 2014. In 2014, we went to dig for the third year. This year will be the fourth. We went to dig in 2014. And, uh, and dig was awesome, and we took to dig over 340 students to dig last year. That is unbelievable, incredible, which by the way, this year we booked dig up to 340 students. We have over 80 people on a waiting list right now, and we're probably going to be taking over 400 students to dig when it's all said and done. That is incredible. So I'm so excited about what God's going to do at dig. Dig is a retreat that we do, a winter retreat where we do, we do some, we go a little deeper. We dig a little deeper. That's why we call it dig. And then we also, we also did a thing called H12 Got Talent. H12 Got Talent, which by the way, coming up here in several months, we're going to be doing another H12 Got Talent, our third annual H12 Got Talent. And this past year we did that and we brought in, uh, we brought in as a guest performer Dragon House from So You Think You Can Dance from Atlanta and, uh, and they, fr they brought the house down, man. It was awesome. And, uh, and we did a whole bunch of series last year. We did a series on spiritual warfare. We did obviously a relationship series like we do every year. And we did, uh, you know, all kinds of different things that hit the stuff that we felt like was important for our students to get. And on top of that, we had a back to school bash back in August. And y'all remember the back to school bash? Yes. And, uh, and at our back-to-school bash, we saw uh, around 600 students up in this place. That's a lot of people, right? In 2014, which is really the core of who we are, we got to see 84 students give their life to Christ. 84 students. That's amazing. Just to put that, put that in perspective, 84 students, to put that in perspective, there are churches that in a 10-year period don't see anywhere close to 84 people come to Christ. We saw 84 students come to Christ. In this room alone, we baptized 51 students throughout the semester, which averages out to about a student a week, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. And so we saw a lot of life changes here. And by the way, not only do we want you to have an encounter with God, but the purpose, the reason we want you to have an encounter with God is because we're addicted to life change. That is who we are. We want to see people's lives change, and we believe truly and wholly that the only way that you can experience full life, the only way that your life can be changed is through an encounter with Jesus Christ. And when you have an encounter with him, he changes your life. And we have students in here that can testify to that. We have adults in here that can testify to that. I can testify to that. And that's one of the cool things while we do baptisms in our service, which, by the way, um, next week we are having baptisms and uh, uh, here as well. And if you've given your life to Christ, you haven't been baptized, there's already like uh, four or five people that are already signed up to be baptized next week. And so you can sign up for that, and, uh, and they'll give you some information at the end of the service about that. And, uh, but we're addicted to life change. That's what we do. Also, back in 2014, we did some, some, some different things as well. Like we got some body zorbs. I remember the body zorbs? 
where you like put them on and you like ramp people and all this kind of, listen, here's the, I could keep telling you all the things we did in 2014. How about I just show you some of the stuff we did in 2014? How about that? Check out this, uh, this, little, this little montage. If you thought that looked awesome, 2015 is going to be that on steroids because we're about to turn it up this year. So y'all get ready. Um, you know, and this is what's cool. In the midst of all the things that we got to experience and do last year, we also got to be a part of something bigger because sometimes we can often think about our student ministry and get lost inside of H12, but H12 stands for high school at 12 stone, and H12 is just the high school part portion of what happens in the global church of 12 stone church, which we, we have an amazing, amazing church where God is moving and doing unbelievable things. In fact, to think that one of the things we've been gearing up for this year, one of the things we get to celebrate is that we just launched five new campuses out of, out of our four, four. So now we have nine campuses as 12 Stone Church. And those five campuses two weeks ago when they launched had over 4,500 people between the five new campuses. And over the last two weeks, we have had over 20,000 people on site on a weekend service at 12 Stone Church. That is unbelievable. To God be the glory. To, to even put in perspective what that is, there, there are less than 15 churches in the United States that have over 20,000 people. Of the 300,000 plus churches, only 15 or less have over 20,000 people in their church. That is unbelievable. You are a part of a move of God. Is something that we should celebrate. Is something that we should praise God for. Is something that we should be excited about, that we get to be a part of this. And listen, this is the truth. Sometimes... That's what I'm talking about. I like the enthusiasm. Sometimes, sometimes when you're in the middle of something amazing, you don't even realize it because you're insulated from it because you're, you're in the middle of it. And you think, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. This is cool. But other churches outside of here all over the country are calling us like, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, how, man, we want, man, we've been hearing what God's been doing. Man, that's so exciting, and they're so excited for us. I think the least we can do is celebrate for what God has done in our church and through our high school ministry and what he's going to do in the future. So I thought that it would be a good time to pause at the end of the celebration time just to say a prayer to God, a prayer of thanksgiving and praise for his goodness and his grace and what he's done for us. So let's pray. God, I just want to pray right now. God, a prayer of thanksgiving. We are so incredibly thankful that you have brought us to 12 Stone Church. What an amazing church. What an amazing place. God, we thank you so much for Kevin Myers, our senior pastor, and Dan Ryland, our executive pastor, and, 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 and all the pastors on staff at 12 Stone that you've brought here. God, we, we, have, we are so grateful for the leadership that you've placed over this church. A man of God, men of God, women of God, that love you so deeply and want to see people's lives changed. Because, Lord, we know that at the end of the day, the reason we put five campuses, more campuses, and we're going to go to more campuses and more campuses, and we don't want to stop at 20,000, but we want to see 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 people as a part of our church, not so that we can pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, look how big our church is, but because the one does matter. And as long as there's one person in our community that doesn't know you, God, our heart bleeds for them. Our heart breaks for them. We want them to experience the full life, the true life, the eternal life that only comes through a relationship with Jesus. And we'll stop at nothing to make sure that every person in our community can hear about that love and experience that love. So, God, we are so grateful. We are so thankful for this ministry, for 12 Stone Church. And we just pray, uh, Father, that, that you would continue to pour out your favor, continue to pour out your kindness, continue to allow us 
to be a part of your work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand for that, man. What, what an amazing thing we got to be. So now vision. Let's go to the next piece, vision. Why do we talk about vision? Well, the reason we talk about vision is this. is Proverbs 29, 18. This is a verse that, that I memorized when I was in college because it's such a powerful verse, and this is this verse. It says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, if you don't have a vision for where you're going, for what you want to do, for what you want to see happen, the people perish. In order for something, you, and basically what he's saying is, man, you got to have dreams. you got to have a vision for the future. you got to be chasing after things. It was a five-campus vision that we've been going after for the last five years, and I guarantee you, as a part of 12 Stone Church, over the next several months, you're going to hear a new vision that's going to be taking what we're already doing to the next level because the, you keep it moving, you keep the ball moving down the field. And so we pray and we ask God, God reveal to us what we, what we should seek after, what we should chase after. And so I want to tell you what I'm praying about for H12 for this year so that you can join me in praying so that you can join me in chasing after those things. And so I got a few numbers I want to write up. You can write these down on your notes here and then add it to your prayer list or whatever so that you can, you can see. So this is what I'm doing. I am praying as my marker dies. We got more. This is probably permanent, and I'm going to ruin it. I am praying for 150 salvations this year. That would be about three a week. 150 students in our community, in your school, and in your neighborhoods to come to know Christ this year. I am also praying that in H12, we would baptize 100 students that we would baptize 100 students in H12 in 2015. That's something that I'm praying for. Now listen, this is where you come in to play even greater. I am also praying for 50 student-led salvations. And this is what I mean by that. What I mean by that is I'm praying that we will see 50 students come to know Jesus this year through students in our ministry leading people to Christ. See, what happens is that sometimes we can get this idea that, you know, how I get my friends to Jesus is I invite them to church. And dude, if Christ is living in you, you can tell them. That's why it dig the the focus of DIG is going to be on evangelism. It's going to be teaching you how to share your faith, how to share your story, so that we can go out and change the world, change the community. It's one thing when I say something to your friends and they know me, they don't know me and they don't know anything about me. And it's another thing when they know you and they know your heart and they know who you are and you can share the love of Christ with them. They can see the change in your life. And so I'm praying this year that we would see 50 students lead other people to Christ. I'm also praying for 25 25 students for God to call to ministry, either to the mission field, to, to be a youth pastor, to be a senior pastor, to be a children's pastor, but into the ministry in general. This is a part of the vision of what I'm praying for for 2015, and I want to invite you to join in on that. And I want you to know that there's another thing that I'm praying for that is not just measured by numbers or, or any of that kind of stuff, but it's measured on a deeper level. It's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. I've been praying 
that H12 in 2015 would become a place to where people in your school would have a positive response when they hear about it. Does that make sense? That like when people talk about H12, they say, you know what, like man, I don't know much about that church. I don't know much about that place. But what I know is the people from there are legit. Not that you're perfect. Not that you have it all together because we're all broken. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. But that you love, you serve, you care, and you share the love of Christ in every way. The people from here are different. And that when they come here, they experience something that is different. They encounter God. I wrote a few things down, kind of my vision for this year um, that I think would be better for me just to read it. I'll put this. I'll put this. I put, I pray that at your school, people would talk about H12 as a place that is different in a good way. I pray that every student that walks in the doors experiences the love of Christ from our leaders and other students and that no one feels alone. That's, that the Spirit of God is rich and powerful and that life change becomes the norm. I want to see our students step up and lead to take it on as themselves, to, on, to, take, to take it on as their mission to make people feel welcome and to make, this place, this, to make this place saturated with the love of God. That's the kind of place I want to create. If you come here and you say, man, I feel ignored. If you come here and you say, man, I feel alone. If you come here and you say, man, um, I don't get much out of it or whatever, just add to the list. Let me tell you something. That is going to change. Because the students in this room, I'm asking you to step up. Because I'm also praying that by the end of this year, we will have so many students coming to H12 that we're going to have to move into the big room because we won't be able to meet in here anymore. And here's the truth. That's not going to happen unless you take it on your own personal mission to share the love of Christ, to welcome everyone that walks in the door. You see someone by yourself, you are making it your mission to go bring them in and invite them in. So many new people come here every week. In fact, it would stagger you. We probably had over 1,000 first-time guests last year. Here's my question. Where are they at? And I'm telling you, this year we will have over a 1,000 first-time guests that will walk through the doors, if not more, because we're going to be intentional about reaching out into our schools and reaching out into our families and reaching out and challenging you to step it up. That this isn't just a place that you come and consume, but this is a place where you come to be inspired by the work of God in your life so that you can go back and make a difference in someone else's life. Does that make sense? And that's the challenge. And that, that leads us to our challenge. The third part, challenge. I'm just going to get transparent, and I'm going to get personal with you here for just a minute. And I think it's good to do that sometimes. 2014 was probably the most difficult year in my adult life, one of the most difficult years that I can remember in my life since probably middle school. 
There was unbelievable joy that came out of 2014 because I had a little girl, Abby. She is the joy of my life. I just love that little munchkin. But 2014 was tough. Having a baby's tough. The leaders in here have kids are like, yep. <laughs> my personal discipline struggled in 2014. I ate whatever I wanted to eat. I put on my own baby weight, if you know what I'm saying. I quit, I quit going to the gym in February. I did not go to the gym the entire year, almost, of 2014, which if you know me for a long time, you know that's kind of a big deal to me. And I let some things slip in my life that I shouldn't have let slip. I started getting casual even in my time with God. I started getting casual in, in many, many other areas that I, that I just shouldn't get casual in, not only as a pastor but as a follower of Christ. But I'm here to tell you this. Just because I'm a pastor does not mean that I have it all together. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. And the admission of saying that you're a Christian and follower of Christ is this. It is you admitting that you're a sinner that you need the grace of God more than anything else. And apart from that, you're hopeless. And I need God's grace just as much today as I did the day that I gave my life to Christ. Someone posted on Facebook the other day and uh, posted something on Facebook. And a couple people were Christians that go here were kind of encouraging them. And, and then a bunch of people started posting back saying, oh, you Bible thumpers, you, you, know, you blah, 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 going through this whole thing. And they were, they were saying all this kind of stuff. And you Christians think you got it all together and you're all perfect. Listen, let me be the first to tell you, if you ever get the message from any church, including this church, that you got to have it all together or that you have to act like you got it all together, well, then, um, then you got the wrong message. Because nobody in this room has it all together. The church should be a safe place where you can bring your burdens, where you can bring your hurts, where you can bring your authenticity, where you can bring your vulnerabilities, where you can talk to people and know that people are going to love you and encourage you and not judge you. One of the things that this person, one of the things that people kept saying is, all these people at church are hypocrites, and I quit going to 12 Stone because 12 Stone people are hypocrites and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, yes, I am a hypocrite, and you're a hypocrite too, and we're all hypocrites. Everyone has said something and done the opposite thing. We all need the grace of God. We all need the gospel. We all need Jesus. Apart from Jesus, we are hopeless. I hope you get that. And so this has been a tough, a tough last year. And every year, God has kind of welled up within me a word for that year. And God has been doing that in me and, and uh, over kind of December and January and my prayer life and all this kind of stuff. And here's the word. The word is fight. The word is fight. That's my word for 2015. It's fight. And here it is. Derek, you got to fight to go to the gym. You got all these responsibilities. You got all this stuff you got to do. I get it. You got to fight for it. And so I've been fighting. And I've been going to the gym five to six days a week ever since January started. So I can hang with all you buff boys in here. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I mean, I'm tired of Devin making me look like a, like a little, like peanut. You know what I'm saying? With his muscles and everything, you know. You know, I, I don't feel like the, the man anymore, you know. You got to fight for it. 
Man, I'm fighting for my time with God, fighting for it every day, fighting for it, fighting for it, fighting for it every day. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting. I'm fighting for things that I let slip in my marriage, things like I used to romance my wife and buy her flowers and do all this stuff and, and, and really just, you know, kind of shower her with those things. And, man, 2014, I had a baby, and I was so distracted and so many different things. I didn't do that. I'm like, no, what? No, I'm fighting for my marriage. That's not the type of man I'm going to be. That's not the type of man I want any of us to be, and I want to be an example of that. And so I'm going to fight for that. And so I've been fighting for that. And I've been, there's so many different areas where I'm just like, dude, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting for that. And the Bible tells us, 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want to read this scripture to you. And I want this to be kind of, this is kind of the, the theme verse for me. One, because it's short, it's easy to remember. And, uh, and two, it's just, it just has a punch to it. This is it. Fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. And so there's a couple things I want to give you off of that. The first is this. Commit to fight for the right things. Commit to fight for the right things. If, if it says fight the good fight, then there's obviously a fight that is not the good fight. And what I've found is in my life is that I get trapped sometimes in fighting for things that don't matter. And I think all of us need to ask ourselves a question. What are the priorities in our life? What are the things that we need to be fighting for in our life? The second thing is this, setbacks are inevitable. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Setbacks are inevitable. There are times when you're going to fail. There are times when you're going to fall. There are times when things ain't, ain't going to add up the way you want to. Listen, I am fighting for these things, but I realize that I may have a season, I may have a week, I may have a day where I fall flat on my face. And I got two decisions to make. I can either lay there and wallow in my sorrow and keep on in that pattern, or I can fight to get my butt back up and get back into the battle. I like what Margaret Thatcher says. She says this. She says, you may have to fight a battle more than once to win. Woo! You may have to fight a battle more than once to win. How many of you guys have ever been fighting for something and you fell down and you felt terrible about it and you're like, man, I need to, I need to fight for that again. You fight for it again you fell down about it. And after a while, you almost feel defeated and you're like, you know, what's the point of even fighting anymore? And her point in this, which is I think what, what the point is here in this scripture is fight the good fight of the faith is keep fighting. I've heard the quote, I don't know who said it, but they said, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down, it matters how many times you get back up, right? No matter how many times you fall down, it matters how many times you get back up. It's you have to fight for the right things, and you have to fight for the things that matter. And inevitably, you're going to have those times, those days when you fall. And we see this, that every man and almost every man and almost every woman of God that you see in the Scriptures fell at some point. Abraham, Moses, David, Peter, the Apostle Peter, Paul. Paul's the one writing this. Paul fell on his face many times. Paul had adversity come many times. He was thrown into prison. He was beaten. He was betrayed by close friends. Paul knew what it meant to have setbacks. Yet at the end of his life, in 2 Timothy 4, verses 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. He's at the end of his life, and he says, you know what? I, I had some setbacks, but I fought the good fight. 
I kept my eye on the prize. And that's what I want to challenge you with tonight. That is the challenge. In 2015, and the question's in your notes there, in 2015, what is it that you need to fight for? In 2015, what is it that you need to fight for? And I wrote down a few things just to, just to kind of spur on your thoughts as you think about this. And here it is. Maybe it's fighting for quality time with God. You have to fight for it. It's not just going to come to you. You're not going to get more time in the day. You have to fight for it. Maybe it's fighting harder to get connected at age 12. Maybe you've been coming for a little while and you don't feel connected. And maybe you need to fight harder to have a conversation with somebody, to talk to a leader, to talk to me, to, to talk to somebody. You need to fight harder for that. Or maybe you're, you're so busy with work and sports and so many different things that it's difficult for you to be connected. And you need to be a part of a place where you can worship with your peers, where you can grow in your faith. And you know the importance of this in your life. And you have to fight in order to make sure that you can commit to it and be there for it. Maybe it's fighting harder to smooth over a relationship with your parents because it's gone downhill. Maybe it's fighting for a broken relationship with a friend that needs to be restored. And maybe it's their fault. But you're going to show forgiveness and the love of Christ in that. Maybe it's fighting to see a friend come to Jesus. You've invited them or maybe you've thought about inviting them. But God's prompting you to open your mouth, start talking about Christ, start sharing your faith, get off your butt, start fighting for your friends because you believe that the only way they can have full life is through Christ and eternal life. Maybe you need to fight harder for purity. Maybe you need to fight harder for purity. When I talk about a minute ago, the whole fighting in the battle of having setbacks and falling down, and sometimes you have to fight a battle more than once. Man, I know that there are people in this room that have fought the battle of pornography for a long time. And you fall back into it. And you break free a little bit, and you fall back into it, and you break free a little bit. And this year, 2015, is a year where you're going to fight to get victory. I don't know what it is for you, and I put this down. There are many things that we could commit to fight for. So this is what I want you to do for tonight. And this is, this is what we're going to close with. I want you to think about what that thing or those things are that you need to fight for in 2015. 